Welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Rosa Coelho, your host, lifestyle entrepreneur, health coach, and speaker. I'm thrilled to have you join me as we delve into conversations around optimizing our health, pushing past our fears, pursuing our dreams, and inspiring each other to live a life by design, not by chance. I believe magic happens over coffee and sharing experiences. I've made plans to change careers, move to a new country, organized exciting adventures, and even formed some of my most incredible relationships over coffee. So grab your favorite cuppa, sit back, and enjoy our beautiful chats along with our special guests. You never know when you may hear something that changes everything. Hello, beautiful friends, and welcome back. I'm afraid on this episode, you're going to have to deal with my husky voice. I actually lost my voice. I've got it back in order to do this intro. And just before the interview, I was praying that it would hold on because it took me a little while to schedule this interview because this person is so busy, but it was well worth the wait. And I just didn't want to have to reschedule because who knows how long it would be until he could be on again. And that's right. I said he, because we've got our first guy on the pa- on the podcast. I have wanted P- Coach Pax on for a while. So this episode, we speak with po- Coach Pax Donahue and Frias Donahue, actually. I've just learned Pax's last name because I always call him Coach Pax, but we, you are really in for a treat. Pax has had just in his 20, 29 years, the most just rich, incredible life experiences. He grew up in the Andes Mountains of Chile. He's Canadian. He talks about being homeschooled. So we talk a little bit about his background and it's just so fascinating to listen to. And you can see how it's been such a big part of the person who he's become. He's also an extremely um, experienced coach. He's a restore human coach. And we talk a lot about restore human and what a unique training facility that is within this episode. He's also an FRC mobility specialist. He's a MoveNat coach. He's CanFit, um, a CanFit certified personal trainer. And what's very cool is he's a biohacker. And that's really the reason I wanted him on here was to talk about biohacking. And he talks a lot about, in particular, the Wim Hof method, which is all about ice baths. And he takes people out into the ocean in Canada in December, and they go happily following. (laughs) He also talks about how we can implement this into our daily lives through cold showers. And it sounds crazy. And I am someone who is totally temperature sensitive. But I'm here to tell you that after Coach explains the reason why and the profound impact that it's had on him and other people, you are left with wanting to do it. And I am 100% definitely going to give this a go. So friends, this, like I said, this interview is a real treat. You're going to enjoy it. Pax is one of those people that he is all about elevating his own health, but also just making such an impact in, and improving the health of those um, that he comes into contact with. And I truly believe that anyone that comes into contact or is lucky enough to come into contact with Pax really always leaves a better person. He's just one of those people. And so this is a super interesting podcast. It's a bit longer than our usual episodes, but it is so worth it. So grab yourself your favorite cuppa. If you're driving, drive safely, sit back, enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome. Welcome, Coach Pax. 
we were just laughing. I was saying I was going to call you that the whole way through. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. I just finished coaching a lot of people uh, and ending my day here with the podcast. Feeling good. Nice. I so appreciate your time because I know your days are long. I, I, um, I know you're first thing in the morning until evening. Do you do weekends too? Uh, at the moment, yeah, I'm working Saturdays. I've uh, built a schedule that's quite full, but I built it with my own two hands. And um, it's ideal in some ways. It has pockets for recovery and self-time in there and stuff. So definitely not a slave to it because I love my job, um, where I think a lot of other personal trainers are stacked with people mm-hmm. and working themselves, burning the midnight oil on both ends. and and uh, that's because they work around other people's business hours, right? You work before business, so maybe 5 a.m. clients, and then you work after the 9 to 5, so then you're working until 8, 9 p.m. And it's um, something that Everstore Human, we, we really think that should change a little bit in the industry uh, for people to understand the health aspects of that kind of a work schedule. So, Oh, funny. Uh, you know, interesting. We get like right into it because you've just made me think of when I was personal training and I remember I had this 7am client and I'd be up at 5am and I'm like not too bad of a morning person, but I'm not that early of a riser. And then remember, um, Keish, who at the time was just the cute guy at the gym, who's now my husband was like, why, if you're going to be self-employed, are you doing that to yourself? Like, why not choose the hours that you truly want to work? And I was like, Oh, such a good point. But anyway, before we get too much into it, Pax, let's, um, I just want to talk about where did this journey begin for you? Like, tell me a little bit about your background. Um, what made you like just become really interested in health in general? Have you always been interested in health or was it something that developed? It started slow, like anything good. Um, I grew up in a household that looking back on was super positive and really healthy. And my parents were, um, vegetarian for a while. They were, uh, naturalists, so to speak, like tapping into the necessary time spent in nature and knowing where your food comes from. And, um, my dad did yoga for many years. He actually taught yoga down in Chile. So I'm, I'm half Chilean, I'm half Scottish, but I was born in Canada. Uh, and as the story goes, I was made in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and uh, they were definitely people who imprinted me with a lot of love and a lot of joy for moving my body and for enjoying my food and for having good relationships. So the foundation of health was there, but I didn't think it would be a career option until much more recently. Um, So I'm 29 now, and it's been four years with Restore Human and about eight years biohacking, as it were. We're going to get into that later, I think. we are. We can't wait. Um, But yeah, bit by bit. Thanks to my parents. I love that. Did you like the way your parents raised you? Was that any different to like the people around you? Like, were you aware that maybe your parents did, did things a little bit differently or is that just kind of the sign of the times and the culture that you were in or, or was it, did it seem a bit different? Like they were really making an effort to focus on health. Well, definitely different. 
making an effort to uh, grant myself and my sisters something quite special. And I could definitely feel that growing up. Um, however, it was also uh, a little bit vague. I didn't have a framework for it because I was homeschooled. So Ooh. I didn't have many counterpoints regarding other kids. And I had a few friends um, in different cities because I grew up in different cities in, in Canada first. And then we moved down to Chile. And then in Chile, we were in the capital, which was quite busy. But then we moved out to the country and ended up on a mountain. And I was still um, spending a lot of time at home with my mom, who was teaching us English and Spanish and other academics. Uh, she was actually featured in a local newspaper um, regarding her homeschooling that she was doing with cool. my sisters and I and how well that was uh, going and how natural it was, I guess. Amazing. Um, so I didn't have a counterpoint until about grade six when I started going to an art school in the Andes Mountains that's built on an almond orchard that had Incredible. 200 kids and I got to know all of them and it was this like Cambrian explosion of s social life and I was like, oh my God, there's so many kids around. <laughs> I get to have all these friends. So I had 200 friends all of a sudden. And that um, then I realized like I was really given a special upbringing where I got to spend so much time with my family and then now I get to enjoy being so out there in the public and social and stuff so amazing you have lived like such a diverse life and you're only 29 <laughs> yeah. people, so many people don't even get a third of those experiences that's just amazing um wow I don't I, I want to ask you a lot more about your childhood, but we're going to move it along. <laughs> Maybe we'll just have to have you back because that's so incredible. And I love that you were homeschooled and said you had just a few friends because you are such a natural networker. You're always with people. You're so sociable. You have, when people are around you, they're always happy. That's the one thing that I always notice or they're listening really intently and learning something that you're coaching them. I just want to know a little bit about that transition. At what point did you go from, you know, just being healthy, living this healthy, cool life to actually being like, you know what, I, I want to help other people experience this. Was there something that happened or like why this line of work for you? Yeah, I, um, where, to, where to start that answer? So the shift was that, uh, of course, I became quite a, a socialite and networker, uh, an extroverted person, uh, or I guess realized that I was extroverted. I did a Myers-Briggs test um, that scored my personality in the 90th percentile of extroversion. <laughs> Amazing. So I am it? like, I live outside myself. I don't need too much internal time, right. though I'm sure I could benefit from a bit more deep <laughs> meditation, but, uh, but I jump in a float tank every so often, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> and it was a moment where I, I didn't really know how to inhabit my body properly. I had questions around that, like, how do I run faster? And how do I uh, play soccer better? And how do I fix this injury? Like, I've broken many bones in my body. Uh, I lived a pretty high impact life. So I've had to learn from that. <laughs> and going through those aches and pains, fixing them with the help of other professionals, um, with the help of supplements and diet choices and stuff. It just all unfolded really naturally, and I started to feel quite empowered by making, you know, quote unquote, healthy choices. Then 
my extrovertedness helped that knowledge and experience just spill over into everyone who was giving me the time of day. And so I just right. like started sharing information and sharing information um, and realized I had a knack for it. So when I saw the opportunity come up to start working with uh, Carlo at Restore Human, I really said, yeah, I'm going to shift full gear. I really love this stuff. I really want to make people healthy. So let's do it. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a very natural progression. Like you said, if you're extroverted, you're sharing what you're doing. And um, I know people are so hungry for knowledge and anything to do with health. So as soon as you know something, they're interested in, everyone wants to feel better, I believe anyways. Even when you feel good, like you want to take it to another level. So let's talk about Restore Human because you mentioned Carlo and Restore Human. Restore Human is such a unique place. I, place I know anyone... For, and for our listeners, Restore Human is, for lack of a better description, a personal training studio. And it's in Kitsilano, Canada. And whenever people walk into that space, they always say to me, always, wow, it feels different here. There's something different about this place. I love this place. They're saying they love it before they've even done anything. And the reason I know it, and I, sh- I should say it or it's just going to sound weird, why I know it so well, but it's because you work with my husband, Keish as well, who's been there for a few years. And so I know how special it is, but it's always so interesting to listen to people who've never been there before. So tell us about Restore Human and what makes it so unique. Restore Human is a sanctuary from the regular gym environment um, so I'm going to paint a couple of pictures here that are going to contrast quite starkly uh, on purpose. And imagine yourself walking into a big gym that's got like 100 people in it and it's loud and there's weights being thrown around and there's treadmills and TVs and music and fans and like it's just, you know, it's a place to go and uh, suffer, you know, no pain, no gain. <laughs> Go and do the work. Um, and now, take a second, wipe your mind clean, and then instead picture walking into a cabin. And it's got four people in it. And it's made out of wood. And there's plants. And there's nice soft music. And then you can go and sit on the ground. There's a nice cushion to start the session on. So, you know, it sounds more like a meditation lounge than a fitness environment as we regularly think about fitness. But we think that that's the best place to start with people um, as a counterpoint to how stressful and how busy life is uh, usually for, for the average person every day. So let's give them a sanctuary away from all that stress and busyness to start to check in with themselves. And then we get into all the fitness stuff. Then we just get them to move their bodies, you know, joint by joint, you know, do do your shoulders feel good? Your hips feel good? Does your spine move well? Can you lift stuff? Can you hang? Do you want to do chin-ups? Do you want to learn how to run? You know, it's, it's really custom programs that suit the individual but backed by that idea of it being um, 
starting in a restorative place, mm. starting in well, that's where the name comes from, restore human. Uh, so I hope that answers the question. I it I mean it totally does that, and that's exactly why I'm sure when people walk in that that is the, like what you described is the exact feeling they get, and it's why they're like it's kind of like that sigh of relief when they walk in. They've walked in from a busy street and they're like, oh, this place is amazing. And it's almost like they can't quite put their finger on why it's amazing, right? They can't quite describe it, but you described it perfectly. Just for like, you know, the people listening, maybe the naysayers who are like, oh, it's like all chilled out and relaxed, but what about the results? Like I want, I still, yeah, I want to be all Zen, but I still want to lose weight. I still want to be strong. I still want to look amazing. And I think that side of things is okay too. But what do you say, like maybe speak to that side of things? Okay. So one of my favorite performance people uh, has been with me for about a year now, came in with a clavicle uh, injury primarily, and then some other niggles from before, hamstring issue, calf issue. Uh, avid runner, but was kind of feeling the, his body age. And of course, these injuries were slowing him down. And fast forward to today, a year later, and uh, we actually ran a Spartan race together. Uh, so cool. 13 kilometers in the pissing rain, cold, 35 obstacles to jump over, 100-pound rocks to lift, uphill, downhill, swinging on monkey bars, <laughs> mud pits. Like, this guy is, is um, resilient now. Incredible. And it's uh, not that everyone has to go through towards a goal that's that intense or that, um, you know, potentially risky for their body. It's mm -hmm. doing mountain running, doing obstacle courses and stuff is um, definitely intense and, and can be a risk, but the thing is he's just capable to, so he chose to. And that's the kind of result that we give people. It's seeing them go from a place where they have concerns, confusions mm -hmm. about their body, about their health, and then taking them to a place where they have cleared that up and they have confidence instead, and then they get to choose what to do. So if that is um, weight loss, then there's good science to back up how to get weight. Uh, or I actually like, I like to say um, not weight lost, but weight released. Yeah. I like that too. So you're not losing it because then you right. have to go and find it. And you're like, where'd the weight go? <laughs> you know, you've released it and you've let it go. <laughs> you're a new Love person. Um, and so, yeah, then we structure the session to, to stimulate certain hormone functions where you are, growing muscles, um, and then moving the metabolism to a higher rate. We, of course, talk about you know, what the food uh, you're fueling your, yourself is uh, best to get to that goal too. Um, and it could be as simple as maybe just helping someone really reduce inflammation in their body. Mm. You know, maybe they're actually they're holding a lot of water weight and they're feeling like bloated and stuff because they're inflamed and they're overworking. They might be just like, crushing high-intensity workouts six days a week and really jacking up cortisol and they're never calming down enough to get their body into a state where it can mobilize stored energy uh, stored fat um, so so we're really an education platform you know and I'm taking that kind of a tangent with the question but um, we're an education platform we, we, we help people learn about how these processes work for the long term so then if someone wants to build muscle, then great. We can tell you how that works 
and you can go through phases of muscle building. Um, the foundation, however, in terms of results is can you take a fall? Are you graceful enough to understand your body and space to interact with a fall and not get injured? Or to, uh, we have the furniture rule, like can you help your friend move? So can you pick up a couch or a fridge on a weird angle and walk it down a staircase? If you don't feel capable of doing that, exactly. (coughs) It's real life stuff. Like train to be helpful, train to be practical first, and then go for all the, you know, cool Instagram photos. But um, if you don't feel capable of lifting a fridge and helping someone carry it down a staircase, I think you should reassess (laughs) if your fitness practice is doing the right thing. It's funny you say that. You know, back in the day when people used to move homes, they'd all help each other move. And now no one helps each other. Maybe that's why they're not capable. We're so sedentary. Sucks. Right. But that's so incredible. I know our listeners have for sure already learned um, just you speaking about inflammation and weight loss and cortisol. It's just such a different way to look at weight loss. And already, like you said, that education that you learn, not only are you learning it for the weight loss, but prevention of disease, balancing your hormones, feeling good, just generally feeling a lot happier in life. I love it. And you're definitely not going to get that in your traditional gym setting. Possibly not. Uh, I, I hope coaches out there are, ha- are coming from a place of intending that everyone um, have a baseline of health and then layer on performance and aesthetics. But I think you're right that a lot of the times we see men's health, women's health magazines and stuff. And we're like, Oh, I want to look shredded and I don't care what it takes to get there. Usually it's a sacrifice of health. That's right. And, and it's to be fair, you can find amazing coaches in general gyms and I'm not saying you can't, but I just think that the way they are set up doesn't really give them a lot of room to practice that. And so those coaches typically like yourself will go and find places that like, like a restore human, for example, not that I think there are too many places like Restore Human. It's pretty special. So one thing that I noticed from the beginning about Restore Human was the various ages of people, ages, abilities, sizes. Like it's so diverse. And in a world where like where we think we need to niche down on a market and focus on this and focus on that, um, I don't see that at Restore Human. I love that I walk in and when the coaches are all giving you hugs, whether you're their client or not their client, like everyone's very welcoming. And I have seen clients there in their 70s performing things that I cannot perform. It's incredible to watch. And I have seen like teenagers. So can you talk a little bit about like how did, was that the vision of Restore Human? How did that come to be? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, the, human, <laughs> the human side of it encapsulates all demographics um we want to have anyone be capable of enjoying their body um and then when you choose exercises that go into that real world scenario like lifting a sandbag onto your shoulder um say you're on a hike and you have a heavy backpack because you're strong and you want to bring lunch for everyone. 
So you've got all these, you know, extra water bottles and stuff. I feel like you've done this. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) This is why I train. Um, and, or, you know, or, or if someone on the hike twists their ankle and then you have to support half their body weight as they limp down with you for an hour, like that's a huge workout, you know? Um, and then anyone can be able to do that, whether it's, um, a 13 year old kid who at the moment is coming in and like back squatting more than his body weight for reps, Mm. super strong kid. Um, or if it's a 70 year old grandmother who also just, um, wants to be able to move her body out at her cabin and be able to carry logs to the fireplace, uh, be able to wheelbarrow dirt around to do a gardening project, you know? So it, it, it's all ages because everyone at those different times in their lives is going to have these rich physical human Mm. experiences that they're going through. And those experiences can be improved if they have a body that is working really well. Yeah. And you just have me thinking of, especially when I think of children or even people that are, you know, older, um, who are missing out on rich experiences because their bodies are letting them down. And, and children, I see it all the time, are not strong the way they should be. And so that's what I loved about seeing even like younger, like teenagers training at Restore Human. And I know how that's impacted their ability to do things that now they can go into school with their peers and feel confident just in play just in regular social play. And I'm not even talking about sports, but what that can do for a child and the world that can open up for them. Definitely. Yeah. A lot of kids are told, uh, sit down, shut up, do your homework. Don't use your body. Don't fidget. Mm. Don't let out that energy. Um, and don't like get creative with your body. But you know, what we're coaching adults to do now is to actually, get creative with the way they sit on the floor to stretch mm-hmm. their hips. Right. So like don't keep on sitting at a right angle desk right. endlessly. You know, you sit in the car, right angle. Okay. Hold the steering wheel. We read a book on the couch, right angle and so forth. And instead you can roll around on the ground. You can lie on your belly and you can reach your fingers out and type on your keyboard. And then you can mm-hmm. put one leg off to the side and stretch out one hamstring. And kids do that naturally when they're playing they get down into a squat and they jump up on things and they move around and adults just lose that capacity because they don't practice it. So if we had environments for adults that promoted movement, then we would all be a lot healthier. And uh, yeah, exactly like you're saying, it's, it's, it's that element of play and creativity. There's no exact yoga pose that's going to fix everything for you. There's a whole series of, beautiful ways of moving your body that if you do consistently, you'll feel really good in your body. This is really about movement literacy. Cause even as you're saying this, I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I never really thought that I could sit a different way when I'm at my computer or my laptop. Like we don't even really think about it. And even with, the, with children, I know you say that they move in different ways. Naturally, naturally they do. But I, I believe because of a lot of adult fear of children getting injured, that constant, you know, be careful, don't do that, be, you know, that kind of thing. They're becoming more restricted just as we are as adults. And um, 
yeah, even I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good to have a guide. That's why Restore Human exists. We're guides. We put in all the work of writing the programs, of, of being creative with it, of saying, okay, what if we put a cushion right here? What if you prop your leg up like that? How does oh. it feel? What if you lean to this side? Oh, you were in a car accident and your neck hurts on the right. So what do we have to do so that your posture move, moves towards it uh, resolving so you don't have that vulnerability anymore? So it, it really, of course, is based around the individual and then teaching that individual to think critically about how they move and how they posture themselves and um, how they're interacting with their space then things start to unfold a bit more naturally. Um, but you're right, it, it's unseen a lot of the time. It's not like we have um, 17 different chairs to sit in. I wish right. we kind of did, you know, right. if we had like all of these different options for chairs and they were all in your house, right. then you would have all these different stretches going on because you could choose a different chair every hour. But a lot of things are standardized. So we need to keep conversing about it, keep educating. What would you say is like the biggest reason people seek you out? Like are, are most people in some sort of pain or do they just want to get stronger? What do you find the typical or just kind of more typical person that comes to restore human is dealing with, or maybe they're coming with to you for one thing and then you're finding, wait a minute, everyone kind of has this in common. Yeah. It's, if I say to someone, hey, do you want to be strong, graceful, and resilient? They'll say yes. Right. <laughs> and, and then we have to start looking at the history of that person, what their body's been through, what their mind's been through, what kind of coaching they actually need. Um, so it is very, usually it's different or well beyond the thing that they come in for first. So if someone says, my knee hurts and I want to go skiing, Okay, we can start with that pain conversation. If someone says, I feel lethargic and I would rather enjoy the outdoors here in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, and I want to go on hikes and I want to paddleboard and stuff, like get me back to active, mm. then yeah, we start the program there. It doesn't have to be an acre of pain to begin with. Um, but it's, I think, I guess the, the thing that ties both of those together is that the person feels lost in their body, maybe with a small question or some larger ones, and they need a guide. And then that's where the coach comes in. Oh, I love that. They need a guide. That's so cool. Okay, Pax, we're moving on to the part that I've been really excited about. Because <laughs> I see you I see you at Restore Human here and there, and it doesn't always give me enough time to ask you the questions that I want to ask you. <laughs> And so I was like, well, I've got to have him on the podcast and I can have a proper conversation with you. So the questions are, I'm, what fascinates me about you is you're always doing something that looks a bit out there. Usually you've got like a group of people are surrounding you doing, I don't know what, breathing, laughing. They're going with you to the ocean only for a swim, only it's December. So it doesn't really make sense. Or they're in some sort of like, you've got like some sort of bathtub that you put outside and restore human in the back and fill it with ice. So this is all I'm sure part of your biohacking 
stuff. And this is what I really want to know about. And I know that our listeners are going to love. First, tell me, okay, what is the term? What is biohacking? And then how did you become interested? is a term that the, uh, the wonderful gentleman, Dave Asprey, uh, put forth. And that's in the dictionary, which is pretty cool. And it's to, yeah, um, control the environment inside or, and or outside of you for a desired outcome. So if you take a blood sample and you're lacking magnesium, then the way you can control the desired outcome of having more magnesium in your blood and in your cells is to take a magnesium capsule or eat foods that are high in magnesium. Um, And if the desired outcome is, for example, better resilience, it's kind of a really big term, um, then you look at like, can I run for a few kilometers? Can I climb a tree? Can I handle being in cold water for two minutes. Um, The desired outcomes there, you can look at what's happening on a cellular level, or you can just look at that person's enjoyment of their own life. So biohacking is um, just a a pretty all-encompassing term for how to get your body and the mind that goes with it to do the things you want it to do. Cool. And it just sounds cool. Being a biohacker. <laughs> I like the term. I uh, like there's, it a lot. there's pushback for the term. Um, and we don't have to get Probably into that because it's it's a- <laughs> I'm, I'm on the other side of the camp. Are you on I the like other the side? <laughs> Too funny. Okay. That's a conversation for another time, but tell me a little bit. So you are, a, are you, I don't know if you're a Wim Hof coach or you're just really well experienced in his methods, but Tell us, because that is, would you say that's a biohack, this ice baths and? Yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit about Wim Hof for people who don't even know who he is or what his method is. Yes. You mentioned those really fun events that I like to do, which is to take people into cold water in December, (laughs) um, to get people walking barefoot on the beach again in the cold. Uh, so, (laughs) So the Wim Hof method has these three pillars, exercise, cold, and breathing. And I've loved the guy ever since I found him. Uh, he really reminds me of my dad, actually, who's just such oh, a no like laissez-faire and happy, healthy, strong guy. Mm-hmm. He's and just, powerful backstory because I just read it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wim had well, went through some pretty deep trauma, mm-hmm. um, and before that, he had been on the spiritual path of sorts. He had been looking around the world for. Um, answers to life. You know, he was looking at yoga and Kundalini and um, different shamanic practices and, you know, just was exploring the depths of uh, what goes beyond just working a nine to five and being good at accounting. And Mm. I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, just the, the, the material world, you know, and when he was hit by the uh, loss of his wife, he really felt some, some deep shifts inside himself and mm. he wasn't at peace anymore. Mm. So his spiritual practices um, is what he leaned on, but he didn't find footing there either. He couldn't find mm. peace of mind. And 
then just one day happenstance, he walked into some really cold water. There was a pond by his house, I think, and he sat there for a while and really accessed a deep, peaceful state. And he found that in breathing under such a stressed out environment, he tapped into um, what he just calls like that, that survival state. Mm-hmm. And really, it's an innate human quality. It's an innate animal quality. We want to survive. So our body responds to the threat of death from, say, hypothermia with survival, with creating a ton of heat with creating a ton of um, neurotransmitters that make you feel really alive and mm. good and empowered. So it's a tool that you can use to shift gears from maybe feeling like your life is mundane and you know, you're just comfortable and bored to being all of a sudden shocked into the present moment where you have to now physiologically fight for your life. Mm. And it's that mental shift and that physical shift that removes the veil for a lot of people. That's why I love the practice. That's, mm. that's really what it did for me. It made me um, realize that I'm so much more resilient than I thought I was capable of, um, that I can handle stress as it comes at me in life in varying amounts and varying doses and at different um, time so with an ice bath it's two minutes of uh very intense you know pins and needles and pains and things but you you handle it and then you walk out and you go oh i didn't die great i'm so glad (laughs) i didn't die bonus yeah i get to i get to enjoy the rest of my life now um and i love taking other people through that moment as well and it you know it, it doesn't fix the loss of someone's life partner. You know, it doesn't mm. um, make you all of a sudden have your wife again, but it does give you access to you in a much different, much more heightened state than what um, normal life these days seems to grant us. And maybe normal is like fast food, and Netflix, and the couch, and that's it, you know, and we know that those things are eroding our physiological and mental capacities. Um, long answer to your question, but yeah, Wim Hof story is super cool, and I really recommend people go and, and read it on uh, the Wim Hof website. For, for the finer details there, but that's a brief mm-hmm. to the practice. There's that no such thing as too long of an answer. <laughs> like answers take as long as they need to take, which I love. And I appreciate your time really explaining that. It's um, I'd love to talk a little bit about the how to if in a minute. Um, I think that's important. It'd be great to be able to give our listeners something they can do at the end. But just listening to this one, you've just really made me want to do that. And up until now, I know that you've done it and I really love the biohacking and all that kind of stuff. It's helped me a lot. Not this, not this method, but various um, strategies have helped me so much in recovering from my mold toxicity. And I'm sure I recovered quicker because of them. So that was one reason why I was intrigued, but I can't say that I was ever like really was going to do it. I just like the idea of it. So you really convinced me and 
the reason is a couple things you said is one, when I, when you painted that image of going into the freezing water, I think that if you're in a state, two things, if you're in a state of trauma and you're in that freezing water, you're not thinking about anything. So you're going from maybe feeling numb in life to actually just being able to feel your body, but you can't think about anything other than that surviving. And I kind of like that idea, the idea of thinking of one thing just to survive. And on the other side of the trauma is, is it's almost in some ways parallel, I think is this idea of boredom in life. I believe so many people are bored, even if they are eating healthy and, you know, socializing and kind of doing all the right things. They're doing their meditation, going through the steps of what we're supposed to do to be healthy and happy, yet still bored. And I think it's because of a lack of experiences that take us out of our routine and, and, and routines fine, but I think it's important to break it, breaking out of our comfort zones. That's what makes us feel alive. And so when I thought of that water and that experience, it just sounds super fun. And in a world where we're so also technology is everywhere and we're thinking of a million things at once, how incredible to just think of one thing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I could never go in cold water, you know, oh my God, it would be terrible and all this thing. Why? Why do you think it would be terrible? Why do you think um, you couldn't do it? That I'll, I'll just leave that out there. You know, think about why, and then decide if you want to try it or not. I'm not pushing it as a cure all or um, as uh, something that everyone has to has to try and, and push themselves with, but. You know, if, if, for example, taking a cold shower even at home in the comfort of that room, you know, two doors down is challenging for you to even think about doing, then again, why and why are you so discomfort averse? Like Rosa yeah. just said, True. the comfort zone uh, edges are where we grow and there was a moment where you thought you couldn't do the job that you're doing right now, right? There was a moment when I thought like, what the hell is to be a personal trainer? And how am I going to read all the books and learn all the things so that I can help people who have experienced an injury or who want performance goals or who want to lose weight or who want to learn about food or who want to take the right supplements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or for you, you know, the person listening, who's got a kick-ass job in marketing, accounting, being a lawyer, a doctor, um, like whatever you're doing, you built that. And there have been so many moments during that process that were so uncomfortable. And then you were like, I'm not going to tap out. I'm going to keep doing this because I want to grow. And the cold water and the Wim Hof method did that for me on a lot of levels. And it's done it for you know millions of people worldwide by now. Just check out the check out the growth of that um, right. brand in the last while. There's a reason it's so popular. So that's the big question. Why do you think that you can't? Oh, that is such a big question because I have like in all honesty, this is so confronting. Like been in the shower and it's so warm, and I'm like, I could, I could just try that cold thing. 
And then I'm like, oh no, like no. So it's really, I'm kind of needing to take some time and think like, why? You're right. Why not? But I didn't. Hmm. Anyways, I'm going to think about that after this episode. (laughs) So tell us a little bit, let's talk about method. Like what can someone, we're talking about, is it just go in the shower and turn it cold? Like can we give people a little, something kind of a little more structured to follow? Because I think structure helps people at least to get started. Absolutely. (laughs) And so my journey into that um, experience was at the expert hands of Casper, one of the Wim Hof Method master coaches and their um, education and science guy. So I had a really, really cool experience at a um, deep dive multi-day workshop that I attended. And I would really recommend, you know, look around your local area and see if there is a Wim Hof Method certified coach who you can reach out to and have a really nice, deep personal experience with because that human touch is priceless. Having someone there to guide you, to help you integrate, to chat with you throughout the experience, to uh, bring you back into the real world after you've shocked your system with cold water. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there's many other layers to the method. So I would definitely say like, if you, if you want the full experience, go find a coach. Um, they also have an app so you can go on to the app store and just pick up the Wim Hof method app and it's pretty straightforward there. Um, then I'm sure once you start using the app for a few days, you'll have a ton of questions come up. So then might be time to find a coach again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, in terms of the cold shower thing, um, I mean, try the cold shower anyways. You're going to feel refreshed. It's going to feel really nice. But the deeper why comes in taking that journey out into the the community that is the Wim Hof Method community. What what have you seen? Because like I said, I've seen you do this at at Restore Human. One how did you get your clients to kind of buy in? I mean, I bought in just listening to you. So that's kind of a little bit of a redundant question, but we can touch in, touch on that a tiny bit. And what, what have you seen in them personally, like your personal clients and people that used to put, spend time with even other coaches at Restore Human? Cause I know you've, you have other coaches that are, are doing it as well. What, what changes have you seen in them or maybe that they've seen in themselves? Um, so in terms of the buy-in part, it's definitely not on the first session unless they come looking for it. <laughs> like, see ya. <laughs> um, it's usually after we've had some achievements where they go, oh, I can't do that. And then we do it. <laughs> and then right. they achieve it a few weeks later or a month later. And then I go, hey, okay. here's this other cool thing that is um, a deep breathing practice. And that's usually what cracks a seal. Uh, there's a lot of different breathwork practices out there. And perfect time for a, a quote, basically paraphrasing, but the mind pilots the body and the breath controls the mind. So mm-hmm. if you learn how to breathe properly, um, which means breathing in different ways for different states of being, then you'll be able to tap into some really cool 
highs, really cool feelings in your body. You know, if you feel like uh, life is pretty flatlined a lot of the time, then go to a breathing class and just lie down. Let someone guide you through. There's such a thing. Breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's uh, like different to, ways of breathing. Human. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, the, the Wim Hof method breathing is one way. Um, then there are, well, yeah, there's a whole host of other things, but basically you want to get people to understand the anatomy of their breathing, like changing their breathing, say into belly breathing, which if you've done a yoga class, you've probably heard about. Um, and then if you've done like any kind of combative training, for example, self-defense training, you might realize how hard it is to breathe when there's tension going on or, you know, breathing during weightlifting, like try holding your breath and then weightlifting. It's going to be really hard. Mm. So it, it's foundational and it dramatically affects the state of your nervous system and the state of your mind when you're going into um, a challenge uh, or, or a decided practice, whether it's trail running or ice bathing. Um, so that's the, that's the buy-in. You know, it's, it's telling people you are in control of your breath. And also, because of that, you're in control of the decision to do something that makes you uncomfortable, like sitting in the water with me. Plus, mm -hmm. it is stunning out there. Look at your photos British are Columbia. amazing. Every time, I mean, and that's that's the easy sell, right? I just show someone a photo and I go, <laughs> "Look at this. This is what I did with you know ex client, and what they said immediately after was, "Holy shit." This is beautiful. This is a rich life experience that I'm never going to forget. And it's not a one-off. You can do this anywhere in the world. You can walk down to the local river and find a safe place to just sit in it for a while. Just let nature bathe you. And like, yeah, that's real life. That's, it's such a good feeling to just be that. out in nature. That just gave me goosebumps. A rich life experience it's beautiful and in such a simple way like it's right there for us to reach for and get and go, like today <laughs> it's not something we need to work you know up to totally i know i think sometimes we think that those experiences come from only traveling or only doing you know achieving great things and yet what you're i'm learning so much like what we're learning from you is that you no know, it's in our everyday life that it's really rich different ways of breathing, different ways of sitting. This is like incredible. I'm loving it. So I just, I'm curious. I love stories. Is there a story that you can think of in particular of a client that has really touched you in terms of a transformation? It doesn't have to be physical. Maybe it was like you just saw a mental transformation. Is there anything, anyone that kind of stands out for you? Yeah, everyone's, everyone's so special and beautiful in their own ways. Um, and I'm totally biased with um, this uh, one now good friend of mine who've been training together for a couple of years. And he started off with a back concern. Um, he had a herniated disc and he couldn't like sit on the ground or like get up and down from the ground easily. Um, he's 64, mind you. And so he was, you know, he was like, okay, I got to be careful. Um, I'm worried about this, this ache. And where his mind was at was just like, help me maintain 
the the pain like help me keep the pain at bay even not help me get rid of it or back to a place where I can run or anything like that was so it was like he was relegated to never run again to never have the option to wow and so let me just do my desk job in a slightly more manageable way you know and now (coughs) we are out there running 5ks on the beach barefoot we're lifting logs we are uh, going in the ocean we are um doing chin-ups we are doing rolls on the ground like getting up getting down rolling around moving a sandbag around and all of those things it's, it's no one thing in particular that um stands out it's much more or one exercise i should say it's it's much more that shift of someone being like trapped in their body and in their mind and afraid and worried to to then being reinvigorated and seeing the world as their playground again at any age you know but especially as as we start to age into our 60s and 70s and who knows how long we're going to live nowadays right with the way technology is going so lifespan is probably going to be um up into the hundreds plus so you know this guy's got another what 40 50 60 years of fun he's halfway there maybe um so that's the shift you know that lights a fire in me i go yes this guy's gonna we're gonna be playing games together for the next 20 years 30 years like i love that two things i love so much about that one is i think there's so many people that can relate to the way he felt and society kind of tells us at a certain point uh, you just kind of accept that you're not as young as you used to be, which is ridiculous because it's not about the number. It's about what you can do. Like you said, your, your physical ability. And I love that you said your good friend is 64. Like that's incredible, Pax. And that's what makes you so unique. And, and you don't see that a lot in North America is people having friends of such a variety of ages. And I remember being a young child and going to Portugal so often and we would all hang out from young kids to grandmas to, you know what I mean? There's always such a diversity of ages and we never kind of stuck to the same age like we do here, I think in North America a lot because of our schooling. Like, oh, if you're in grade nine, you would never be friend with someone, friends with someone in grade 12, right? Like that kind of thing happens a lot. And the weird thing is it stays with us into adulthood. So I love, I love that that's how you introduced him. And I love that you have, I know that you have such rich friendships of various ages and that's incredible. Awesome. Okay. We are kind of winding down, which is making me sad because I could probably ask you a few more questions. Well, we've got the, we've got the round two, right? Diving into childhood, homeschooling. Um, how cool my parents are and all that. Yes, we will have a few rounds. I am definitely sure of that. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask everyone on the podcast. And number one is, can you remember a moment when someone said something to you that changed everything? Usually we have a few of these, but can you remember one? Well, it was... um... It wasn't really that someone said something to me. I read a blog post about Bulletproof Coffee. And um, I 
bought in immediately. So if you don't know what Bulletproof Coffee is, you got to check this stuff out. Yeah. Um, and I started drinking butter and coconut oil in my coffee. Yum. And, you know, I, uh, I like to point out to people that like maybe, maybe you use half and half in your coffee, right? Like half cream or like 10%, you know, then uh, 10% fat. And then maybe someone uses like whipping cream in their coffee. And, you know, mm-hmm. to the listeners, you probably think like, holy smokes, that person's uh, <laughs> intense. You know, they're putting 30% whipping cream fat in their coffee. Well, butter is 98% fat. Brilliant. And I put a lot of it in my coffee. And I um, started reading about the effects that has on your gut and on your mental state and uh, how high fat diets or higher fat diets, I'm not saying you have to eat mm. buckets of fat, I'm just saying that the demonizing of fat didn't feel right to me. Mm. And then, well, this is a whole other episode when you come back. I know. It is. So the it. So butter was on the cover of Times Magazine, mm. uh, or sorry, Time Magazine. Um, I forget what year, but it, it was in the last few years, and it was finally hitting the news, the mainstream, that, hey, butter is actually healthy for you. Your grandmother had it right. Margarine, on the other hand, not so good. So let's switch back to butter yeah. and not you know eat all these hydrogenated, highly processed oils, because our body requires really good fats to function well. So that struck a chord in me. And I had been a low-fat vegan for a while. What? I'm, good thing I'm sitting down, Pax. <laughs> I know, with the amount of, uh, of good quality meats and, um, and, and the amount of fat I eat these days, it's quite an <laughs> a, a, uh, elastic band in the other way. But... Um, so long story short, I started drinking Bulletproof Coffee. I felt what the author of the blog post had literally said word for word that your brain will turn back on. And I was like, I feel super smart. Mm. I feel like I can do anything I want. Amazing. Um, I've got all this energy. And I decided to tattoo butter on my bottom lip. Um, on so, the inside, everybody. On the inside, you can yeah, see it. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a billboard on my face. But uh, <laughs> but if you get to know me personally, uh, physically, um, then <laughs> I might show you sometime. Um, but the shift was so dramatic that that's when everything changed. That's when I became a biohacker. That's mm-hmm. when I became a right. health, health advocate. That's when I was empowered. Yeah, amazing. Understand that the stuff I'm putting in my mouth has a direct effect on my mental state. The stuff I do with my body has direct effect on my mental state. And really, at the end of the day, it comes down to mental state, so to speak. It comes down to peace of mind. You know, I can be the healthiest guy on the planet and not have peace of mind, and my day is going to suck. Absolutely. And I could have a disease, and I could have. Uh, a bad boss at my job, or I could have all these issues with my life. But if my mental state is dialed in and I have peace of mind regarding those challenges, then my day isn't going to suck. It's going to be quite a good day. So it's about finding those things that make you feel um, empowered and that make you feel healthy. Those two words have come up a bunch of times in the podcast. So that was, uh, that was the moment. 
I love that you shared that because I have gotten to see that tattoo, but it was only recently and I've known you a few years now. So I love that I know the story behind it now. That's incredible. And it's incredible how, yeah, one blog post like that changed so much for you. That's so powerful. Um, before I ask you my very last question that I ask everyone, I want to also talk about um, the Restore Human conferences that is coming up. And I want our listeners to really listen carefully because this is going to be epic. Can you tell us about this conference? Absolutely. So glad you asked. Ah, I'm so excited. So Restore Human is putting together a nature adventure for our community to get together on an island and hang out and do whatever's appropriate for your life experience to be made that much more rich. Meaning, if it's appropriate for you to go on a four to six hour mountain hike with one of the teams, then go on that hike. If it's appropriate for you to do a beach walk with a marine biologist to learn all about the flora and fauna of the island, and to um, maybe even walk into the ocean with one of the coaches and experience that cold water stuff, then take on that challenge throughout the weekend. Um, then we have an amazing array of speakers coming in to talk about stuff that goes well beyond just fitness. So we're going to be talking about the relationship of the human to other humans. We have Mark Groves coming in, who's a relationship specialist. Um, as well as the relationship of yourself to your food. So Kate Horsman is coming in, who is a nutritionist oh, cool. and who's worked in uh, women's health with different eating disorder um, cases and uh, with the psychology of food. And then we have Keshava, you know, Rosa's wonderful. Keshava. <laughs> I, I always just call him Keshava. I called him Keshava um, the first year I knew him. <laughs> He's like a prince, you know, it's just that one title. <laughs> and he's coming in to talk about biomechanics, uh, the way we talk about it at Restore Human, helping people understand the, the movement component mm. more deeply, the relationship to themselves physically. Um, we also have Rachel McBride coming in, who's a professional Ironman triathlete, Iron Woman, um, Iron Person, and triathlete. And she's talking about performance and her career and her learnings along the way. Um, she's in her 40s and she's going strong and she's just such an amazing human. So you really want to hang out with her for the weekend too. Um, so we've got those speakers coming in. We've got dialogue about those topics. We want it to be very interactive for the people who are attending. We're not just going to stand at the front and you know, talk at you. It's going to be very much a back and forth throughout the weekend so we can all come to terms with these ideas on the table and um, nourish your human from all of those different angles, especially when you're away from the chaos of uh, normal life, from the distractions of your office, of your uh, kids, perhaps, if you, you know, need to get a babysitter. Or, maybe to come. Mm -hmm. um, or of just the city, the, the humdrum, of noise pollution and so forth and so on. So that's what it is in a nutshell. Uh, we'll put links to the early bird tickets in the comments here or in the show notes. 
And um, please reach out if you have questions about that, if you want further information, if uh, that was uh, too superficial and you want to have the full itinerary and program, all the uh, options for fun and games like stand-up paddleboarding and kayaking and um, nature skills development and stuff like that. It's, it's going to be an amazing weekend together. So it makes me just think like, it makes me giddy excited about it. And the reason is it, it's like summer camp for adults. Only we really need it. (laughs) I feel like summer camp's almost wasted on kids. Like we need it. We, we need this kind of time away to really get in touch with ourselves and meet new people. People are always complaining that it's hard to meet people, but we've got to put ourselves out there. And I just see so many amazing things coming out of this weekend. I'm so excited. Summer camp for adults with a rich body of knowledge for you to um, digest and to take home with you what you will. Um, So it's not just fun games, but we also want it to be very educational, very um, applicable to your life once you go back. We want you to feel deeply restored and ready for the rest of the year. Um, So It's like the experience itself, but then that when you come back, life isn't exactly as you left it, that now you've got tools within yourself and a deeper connection as well to kind of just like you said, just lift things up a little bit more in in your own life. And who knows where that can take things for someone. That's incredible. Exactly. Love it. Okay. Last question. And we will have all the details in the show notes for our listeners because I am definitely going to be there and Coach Pax is going to be there. Keisha is going to be there. A ton of people. Okay. So what does living by design mean to you? Living by design. um, I think if I write, sorry, I should edit that. I, I, when I write a book, it's going to be called, Relentless optimism, and then there'll be some catchy subtitle. But living by design is consciously choosing the state you want to be in. I love optimism. I'm very optimistic. I practice it all the time. I know that by creating moments of gratitude, creating moments of happiness, of excitement, of enthusiasm, of Um, wealth of health that I further cement that experience as an option for my brain and my body. So this is coming out of uh, Stanford university and a lot of other places in the world, but the more we practice certain emotional experiences, the more those emotional experiences are available to us. So if someone practices being critical and angry and cynical all the time, then they're going to do that more often. They're going to be stuck in maybe a downward spiral towards more anger and depression and negativity and darkness. And instead of that, I choose to practice relentless optimism. So I look on the bright side. I say, how can I help? I put a smile on my face and I design moments that make that happen for myself and then for others. And myself first because I know that if I can't do it right here right now then I'm not going to be able to share it so oh I love that answer so much and you know you 
you are, you said you practice optimism, optimism. And whenever I see you, that's exactly who you are. And I really appreciate that about you. And you're definitely one of those people that, um, they only say people should leave your presence feeling better and being a better person. And I know that that's exactly what you do for people. You do lift people up all the time. I see it all the time. I love it. I know that our listeners are going to feel that energy as well from this episode. So Pax, thank you so much because also it's a Friday night and I know it's been a long week and this has been probably our longest episode yet. But like I said, there's so many, even your your last answer could be a whole episode. <laughs> but thank you so much. I appreciate your time and all the knowledge that you shared with us. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Can't wait to come back. And I uh, can't wait to hang out with you at the conference. Yes. Oh, and last thing, people can find you on Instagram because you're awesome on Instagram. What's your handle? Yeah, go for it. It's at humanpax. Awesome. So H-U-M-A-N-P-A-X. P-A-X. Okay. Thanks, Pax. Have Thanks, a great Bye. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. I know time is precious and I'm grateful you shared yours with me. It would mean the world to me if you felt an impact, a moment of inspiration, or learned something new. If you would share it with those you care about and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd love to know what spoke to you or what you'd like to hear more of. Your sharing and leaving a review would help so much on this journey to making an impact on as many people as possible. It's worth it. I know from experience, there are moments when something we hear has the possibility of changing everything.